Welcome to another episode of the Combatasaurs. I'm your host, Manfred, a.k.a. MMA Lock of the Night, Andrew Boy on Twitter, at MMALOTN, and I'm joined by my man, Tunes, as, as usual. What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? And we got Big Rob in the back as well, who's going to be helping us out with the double jab, but what's good? Yeah. Hey. We had a pretty baked talk just now, Yeah. Uh, but I believe that helped us get our <laughs> wheels moving so we can get right the fuck into our first segment. Uh, but first off, I just want to thank uh, everybody for listening to the last episode. Uh, it was our biggest viewed so far. You know, what I mean, it's not big shit yet, but uh, I'm glad that the 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 snowball is getting bigger. Uh, but we're gonna keep this thing going, keep getting it better. Uh, but fuck, I promised this last time, so we're gonna fucking do it. Segment one, we're going over Game of Thrones. So if you are tired of Game of Thrones, if you don't want to hear anybody talk about it, if you don't even watch the show. It's all time-stamped at the bottom, so you can just fucking skip this and go to the next segment. But if you want to hear about Game of Thrones, if you want to just fucking toy around with it after the, the finale that just happened this past weekend, we're here to talk about that. So first and foremost, I'll kick it off. Game of Thrones as an entire series will go down as probably the greatest telev- television yeah. show in history. I'll agree. 100%. Is there any other show in your mind that you've seen in your generation or anything like that that had the same pull where you know you want to watch this shit live like we're in the generation where we can watch it whenever we want you know what i mean we we can fucking download it the next day you know it's too late i don't want to stay up on a sunday night this is a show that demanded that you kind of watch it live i know there's a yeah. couple of them that you skipped and watched the next day but that would you know this is a show that i watched every fucking sunday i waited but, but even said it would be like most one day like maybe one day when I would wait because it's going to get spoiled. The whole world stops. And we stops. got Blitz here again. Yeah, I'll see if you guys can see. <laughs> but continue, sorry. Um, the, the whole world stops. The whole yes, world stops to watch it. It's going to get spoiled. So you've got to watch it within a day. Like yeah. that's one show, yeah, you have to keep up because of how popular it is. So yeah, that's one thing like you're saying, you don't want to show up the next day somewhere and someone's like, yo, fucking Brand, yeah. right? <laughs> no, man. Like I didn't watch it yet. Shut the fuck up. Brand what? Uh, but th- this show is it's fucking insane in terms of the, the, the main thing that really got me hooked at the beginning was I, I wanted to watch it because of Sean Bean. Sean Penn, what the fuck yeah, is Yeah, Sean name? Bean, Sean Bean. Now, awesome. That's sorry. I'm like, yo, this guy's in there. Fuck, I'll watch the show. It looks he was on the legit. posters. Yeah. Fucking eight episodes in. Damn. Yeah. You're like, who? I thought he was the main character. What the fuck? I remember watching that. I started watching Game of Thrones, I think, when episode nine came out. Yeah. So I got to binge, like, the first eight. Right before the finale. Yeah, like, by the time the show and the, the the first season ended, I was still watching, like, episode six or something, so I got to watch the whole season, binged it. I remember, like, the episode ends with, like, the sword coming down on the head, and the whole time I'm just waiting for someone to save him. I'm like, he's the main character, he's on <laughs> yeah. the fucking poster, yeah. there's no way he's gonna yeah. die. And then the sword goes through, I'm like, what? Yeah. And then, like, I'm like, right, let me watch this next episode, turn it on, and... Yeah, like they yeah. show his head on a pike. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Yeah. This, is, this is the dude There's on no the poster. Show. There's, there is absolutely no show in history that you can tell me where you think the main this guy's the main character, and then he dies like eight episodes into the whole yeah. series, and yeah. now you're just left with his kids and whoever else is tied into it too, right? Yep. I think that's that the, the main shock factor that Game of Thrones brought to every single episode, and you can't expect what the fuck is going to happen. Like, say what you want to say about this last season, but. There was a lot of shit where, like, there's no way this, there's no way this happened. There's a, the red wedding, you know, fucking, uh, you know, shit like that. Like, you're just like, yeah. There's no fucking way that there's any show that can come close to Game of Thrones with the surprise factor. Most, even like the best shows, a lot of them, there's a certain formula. Yes. As to how they operate. Yeah. 
and this just kind of like broke all that where you're like wait what i thought that's the good guy doesn't he have to win at the end no no this is this ain't about that man <laughs> like the, yeah like you said the red wedding you're just like what that's not fair that can't be like why not especially with the guy <laughs> uh, i think it was one of the fray soldiers had their knife at uh at uh what's her name catlin stark's throat yeah. and you're just like she's like he's like yeah, fucking just, did it yeah. <laughs> fucking yeah. did it and the way that just so smooth just well so brutal and, too because the, the girl was pregnant Rob Stark's oh, girl yeah. and, and they're like stabbing her in the, in the fucking it's stomach like, oh, oh my what was, the hell is this this is insane I I, I I'm gonna rewatch <laughs> I don't know what to I say I gotta rewatch the show too I'm yeah, gonna rewatch sure. the entire show again I've already done it once leading up to this final season I'm definitely gonna do it again uh, just like it's insane like every I, I can't. Well, I, I got a couple of topics or, or, or yeah. things that we can break down to get into this a little bit more. So I'm just going to kick off with the first one. Favorite character in the series. For me, uh, he came a little bit later in the show, but I love Torment. Like, Torment is my Torment. Dude, the fucking, the, the wildling beyond the wall, pretty much they're a captain, uh, you know, after all the main guys die. Uh, Man Strader and them after they die. Torment takes over and... He just has this like jolly fucking vibe He's awesome. about it, man. Like, Torment is awesome. Nobody dur- hates Torment. Like during uh, during the episode before the Battle of Winterfell, so the second episode of the season, uh, him drinking and getting fucked up, it reminded me of like an Indian uncle, like who just gets too fucked up on Crown Royal. And his stupid story about the giant sucking. Yeah, exactly. He's got milk running yeah. out, and he thinks he's being sexy to Brienne. And Brienne's. he's just smiling he's like, through it. Look at Brienne, like yo, you want this? Yeah. Like, dude. yeah. Even the, as soon as he gets back to Winterfell, he's like, is the big girl here? Is the big girl still here? Like, <laughs> fuck, man. Like, how can you not love Torment? Like, awesome. I just love his character. Like, he's a badass, too, obviously. But he had that very h- hilarious drunk side about him as well, too. So he's definitely one of my favorite characters of the season. Maybe not a main character, but somebody I really enjoyed every time he was involved in a scene. What about you? Mine, he got probably less of a run. But Oberyn Martell, uh, the I had Red a feeling Viper. you were gonna say about that. That man. was my dude. A lot of people liked him. Oh man, that I remember when he first got introduced. Yeah, he got introduced in episode four. I'm like, I like this guy. Like he doesn't give a fuck. He yeah. just fucks anything, and he he's a he's a badass though. Yeah. Like you know he will. Because I remember yeah. um um one of my friends read the books, and then so he was telling me about how much of a badass he is based off the books that they introduced Oberyn. And yeah, I was like, yo, this character is awesome. And yeah, Oberyn for me, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about uh, it. We'll okay, okay. Shocking death. Okay, okay. Um, oh, but yeah, I don't sucks. want to keep going on a little okay. further on that. But yeah, uh, Oberyn Martell for sure. Martell. He was just so I don't know. I wish he got awesome. a longer run in too, but like I his know. exit was pretty fucking dope too. Yeah. I don't lie. Uh, most hated villain. I'll let you go first on this one. Um, I guess like honestly, I would go with Joffrey. It's it's, it's only two Ramsay and Joffrey. Like you got to pick between the two, but. In terms of who just pissed me off more, definitely Joffrey. Joffrey? Joffrey, so I have I, to go with. I, I, Ramsay was definitely more brutal and, like, way more sadistic. But Joffrey was just so fucking irritating and annoying. He just, just like, ring his gun off in. and, like, his... Yeah, Ramsay's someone you'd be scared of. Yeah. Joffrey's the type of dude you just want to fucking yeah, beat the shit out of and kill. Face, just beat face. him to death, yeah. yeah. But Ramsay's someone you'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, you'd be yeah. terrified he, of him. He looks fucking terrified. Yeah. So I, I'm going with Ramsay. I, okay, yeah. I thought he was, like, the most, again, st- sadistic is probably the best word you can fucking fuck, use to describe dude. him. Because, you know, like, everything that he did to fucking Sansa, taking her virginity the way he did, uh, you know, just being a fucking dick The way he face. broke the torturing, yeah, the Theo thing, him. exactly. The His torture methods, his... His psychological f- mind fucking yeah, like fucking letting weird. letting fucking Theon think he's getting away and then just fucking catch him again, that was fucked, dude. Like 
I, I just thought his mental war games with most, most of yeah. his characters were, you know, enough for me to rank him as my most hated villain. But Joffrey, for sure, just his his posture and just the way his mannerisms are. I, I definitely hated Ram, uh, Joffrey yeah, more than Ramsay. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, favorite scene. So yeah, I know you. this one was hard for me. Because I haven't rewatched yeah. the show yet. So yeah. like season one and two, three, like that was still, that was years ago for me. So for me, this is a scene that I still watch. Like I've still, I probably watch it once a month. Even the music. When uh, fucking Cersei blows up the, uh, the sept. That whole lead up fucking the piano where he finds the candle yeah the music he finds the candle like uh the fucking meister whatever the guy's name is Eamon yeah uh gets stabbed up is it Eamon? I can't remember his name the old guy that uh, is always fucking prostitutes yeah they fuck the stores. Stores. yeah, yeah. Uh, but he yeah, gets stabbed yeah, yeah, yeah. up and then the other guy takes over and then yep. you know um, the high scepter what's uh what's fucking Joffrey's wife's name again or Tommen's wife's name Mars- oh uh, yeah Marjorie Terrell Marjorie yeah, Terrell yeah. her slowly figuring out that something's wrong yeah, you know, Cersei's not here. Tommen's not here. You know, something's up, and then oh, the fucking music is what really makes it too. I think that really tied it together. I fucking I have that shit on my Spotify. I listen to that like when I just want to zone the fuck out. It's so fucking dope. That's definitely a good scene. This is one I like. I have like a memory of it, but I can't really remember the scene too well. But I remember being like, "What the f-? like? Oh shit! Shit's about to pop off." There's like a scene where I think it's after. Daenerys has gotten her army from Essos and there's like a scene that ends the I think the season oh, where she's ships? marching oh. with the army and then you see the dragons Coming flying over, over top, top as well and you're yeah. like holy fuck every, every time they, shit is she about acquired like a new part of her army they would have kind of a scene like that I remember one kind of scene like that or yeah there was the one with the ships the ships but, but it just like anything that involved Daenerys' army and stuff when she was coming they made it at the time you're just fun. like Oh shit! She she's is about to fuck shit up. Off, yeah. She's reaching right now. <laughs> uh, before we get into the most shocking death, uh, a theory that I kind of threw out to you in terms of why people are so mad about this season is, uh, you know, they didn't really drag out Daenerys's heel turn. Yeah, as, that was the, that was long. It was poorly it written. It was poorly right? written. Like, like you know, people saying, "Oh, there was hints at it the whole time." Yes, but directly before it, the hints had kind of not been there and she was being all super nice and protective yes and yes john i believe you let's protect the people from the white walkers this and that and then it's like one episode she just kind of goes mad queen bells and, go off and, and she fucking it's like yeah she just switch. she wins the battle too it's not like she went in and killed all the innocents with the army yeah because she's just in a rage it's like no you you, you kill the army they're dead what why are you what are you doing they surrender now? Just, to all that shit it would just it was and bad you could, writing. You, like everybody was saying, you could just go straight to the Red Keep and take and just take Cersei. out Cersei, who was the That's one it. you're pissed at. But exactly. I don't. Yeah, that was just. I feel if they maybe you know, I don't know why they had to go with the six episodes. Like add the extra two, go to eight, right? Go to eight episodes and give me a little bit more meat you know, as to why you know Daenerys is really turning. I understand that she you know she lost Masande, she lost fucking uh, Jorah. She lost fucking. But before that, she lost a lot too, and she, she lost a lot before this too. level. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I it just—it seemed like you know there was nothing fizzing it; it just popped. Yes, right? and uh, like you said about the episode length, I think the problem though was because they'd overtaken the books, they just had the rough outline. So I don't think they True. knew how to fill in the meat the right way. Maybe so that gives the the author a little bit of like if thing now. I would um um if if the book series was done. Before the show, the show would have probably been like 
pretty much perfect. Yeah. Like, the last season was a letdown overall, like, compared to Game of yeah. Thrones quality. Yeah. Like, when you compare it to Game of Thrones' other seasons, it's a letdown. Now, overall, it's still a fucking amazing show when you compare it to other shows. Yeah. Still, it's still, like, the one it's of the It's just top. a bad taste in your mouth. It's yeah. like, you know. But when you're used to a certain standard after... Like, some people even talk shit about season seven. I thought it was good, though. I thought it was good. Yeah, but season, let's say, six, I think, was the last one before they overtook the books. And, was uh, it six? I think it was five, because it was, was right it? when John died. Something like that. Yeah. But either way, like, there was a certain standard we were used to up to that point, and it kind of did fall off, especially, like... Yeah, near the end with the storytelling and stuff, where they were just my whole point was they're just trying to make everything look epic. Like we've already we we we've gotten to where we need to go now, just like finish it off and make it look all good. But you kind of let everyone. They down had with a the, huge fucking budget. Lots of holes and like, gaps in the storytelling. They could have stretched it out a little bit more. Again, like I I think two more episodes probably would have given it what it needed for people to feel satisfied. I believe HBO actually was good with the full ten, but the writers said no, 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 seven and six were the last two seasons. Yeah, I don't think they had enough. To fill in, like they just had the general outlines. I wonder I, what the reason is. I, I think it has to be they just didn't know how to fill in the meat. Like they had the general outline from the author, and that's like like you have it. you have the author there. Like you can fucking I know you, yeah. you can get some substance from him. Yeah, well, it, it was him. it was <laughs> it was a little like everything looked epic, but yeah, it was disappointing. Uh, Although one thing I got to point out that looked like shit, I guess it always does is like. When John in the last episode, when he meets a ghost again, this direwolf, and he's petting it, it uh, looks horrible. Yeah. Like it looked clearly CGI CGI'd, and he's not touching. The but then CGI the dragons look good to me. Yeah. Then, yeah, but the ghost, yeah, no, it didn't look good at all. Uh, thoughts on the Battle of Winterfell? Because you know, it's yeah, probably my favorite episode in, in TV history. Because I've seen it maybe it. five times by now. Uh, but you know, my quick great. my quick thoughts on it is just. Everything about the darkness, you know what I mean? Like, the, the director said it himself, it's meant to be that way. We saw everything that we were need, needing to see. And if your TV sucks, it's fucking 2019. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get a better TV. But uh, I, I love that episode. Everything about it, my heart was pounding the entire fucking time. Uh, you know, it still gives me the chills. It still makes me feel like how they probably were feeling, which is, you know, this is the end of the world. We're not getting through this. The fucking moment the Night King raised the dead. Yeah, that was oh, ridiculous. I was legitimately it. lost I don't know all what, fucking hope. I, I don't know why I didn't hope. even think that he was he could just do that. Like it would never cross you know my he mind. Can. And I'm like, oh, you know he can. It's just a simple thing to do, eh? Yeah. You just see his arms go out, like oh, fucking Undertaker. Yeah. The lights back yeah. on. And John's just slowly running faster and faster, looking around. Yeah, yeah that's where you're like, oh shit. Oh, I thought that was legitimately done. I'm like, I great. would not be mad if they fucking killed everybody right now, because. I know there's still fucking four more episodes to go or three more episodes to go. You can make it about Cersei. I'll be cool with that, but it would be epic as fuck if everybody died. The yep. one letdown I did have about that episode was I was expecting a little bit more people to die. A little bit more... Yeah, I think everyone was. They were, and it, Even the deaths were more like B characters. Yeah. There was a... You know, Jorah is like a B-plus character. Yeah, still a side right? character. I'd consider him like a B-level. Beric Dondarrion, whatever his name is. Yeah, the Lord Commander it. guy. Yeah, the guy who got brought back like ten yep. times. Yeah. Um, okay. On that episode, there's a there was once again everything looked good. The music, the build up, the scenes like that shit. The I I legit lost hope. And one thing that I really liked that I pointed out was how um, Arya saves the day at the end. But they but the way it was edited and filmed, you forgot about her. Oh yeah. Like you you it see her solid, leave from Asande, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then so much other shits happening that and then they're constantly focused on John trying to get to Bran 
that that's what you're going like oh yeah. my god he's not gonna make it the dragon's got him torn what the fuck is he gonna do he's got yeah. he's gonna get killed brad's yeah. about to get it and yeah. then out of nowhere Arya comes in you're like oh fuck Arya! i totally fucking forgot about her. so that the way they did that amazing i was i was very satisfied with that couple of letdowns just with the writing and stuff like yeah. a lot of people pointing out why the fuck did the dothraki just charge into the night yeah, yeah, like yeah. what the hell were you thinking that was it like it looked logically cool. yeah it, it looks it looked really like, cool the, look was really light, cool. the fire that was so, so dirty that it was, was so it was sick. something that obviously was done for the show's purposes uh, yeah. for the audience yeah, but yeah. yeah as a battle tactic like huh why'd you do that um they showed so much by showing so little yeah that and was then, so dirty and then i guess another thing is like um the night king and like and slash or his generals didn't really get any fight time I know, I know, yeah yeah i think we talked about that, that too. so yeah. that like i did have a little bit of a feeling like okay yeah that was kind of like sick aria did and stuff but man i was kind of expecting more of a fight yeah, between yeah, yeah, the yeah. main dudes you yeah. know what i mean where it was just the white walkers there but i guess that was their way of swerving it to a certain degree so so uh qu- talking about fucking not really yeah. much of a fight remember the golden company <laughs> what the fuck was the point of the Golden oh Company if they're just going to get obliterated like that? that? Fuck you. Dude, that, uh, that was the stupid. bank, right? What did they call themselves? Uh, they bought it from uh, Essos, I think it was. It yeah. was just an army. That's all it was. The Golden Company is the army, or is that like... Wh- no, that was the army, yeah. From the, was, is it called the Iron Bank? The Iron Bank funded... Uh, I, I don't Whatever bank it was, yeah. They are probably yeah. like, well, fuck. Now we can't even get paid for this shit, and we just lost an army. The dragon fire that like was a completely minute. that was completely yeah pointless. just just destroyed and that well that episode in general was it looked awesome but that was episode four and five were were the worst episodes five was definitely four worst for me. four and five had the worst like writing overall because remember number four Four? Yeah, that was I, the fallout of Battle of Winterfell. Yeah, but that was also one where they killed Rhaegal in that stupid way. Where just oh yeah, like it looked awesome because yeah, you're yeah. you're watching a majestic flight scene and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh what the fuck? Yeah. Oh shit! Oh that shit! But then you're like, the wait a minute, assume, yeah. that was some perfect arrow shooting, and now they can't hit Drogon for some reason. I don't get what's happening. Doesn't make sense. Why didn't she see the ships? I don't really get that part. But yeah, the writing in four and five, episode five did look amazing though, like the shot. Where as Daenerys is uh, flying the dragon over yeah. the water and the cameras following it like that, I was still underwhelmed with that episode. Dope. I don't know why. I think it's mainly because people were the, the heel, the heel people turn. were hyping it up too, though. Like people, like even Amelia Clark was saying the same shit. She's like, "Oh, wait, thought episode one. three was good. Wait till well, episode five. Like, I get her saying that because it's her character's I heel turn, so that's probably the epic moment she was talking about. I don't know. It just didn't give me the same feeling and like investment emotionally as Battle of Winterfell did for some reason. That's yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Uh, all right, last thing on this segment before we move on. Uh, most shocking death. Yeah, 100%. Back to old Bruin Martell. <laughs> um, like, th- I've never been so tense during a scene. Yeah. Like, when that fight started, I was, like, literally in my chair, like, I hope he wins. I hope he's Oberyn, don't fucking yeah. die. Don't die, Oberyn. Yeah. Yeah. And then he beats him. And then I remember that. I still remember the scene where he's got the mountain down, and he looks up. And Alaria looks at him and they smile and I'm like, oh, he's about to fucking get it. Something's <laughs> happening. Because I'm like, he's not paying attention, yeah. standing beside the mountain. And he's just looking off at Alaria and then boom, gets tripped, punched to the face, all teeth get knocked out, oh. pop out the fucking eyes. Oh. While confessing as to how he raped and murdered his sister. Oh, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Mountain? Like, Fuck. come on. That was... And then, yeah, as soon as the head exploded, I was like... And the, and the episode ends like that too which I was like, like uh, I was like Thanos in Endgame after he lost and he was dejected uh, spoiler but oh, no, <laughs> it doesn't matter and he sat down and was like oh 
That was me yeah. after, that after Oberyn died. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> seven <laughs> episodes in season four. Yeah. That's all he gets. <laughs> Fuck, man. Uh, Why does he even suck another dick or something? Yeah. That's it. Fuck. <laughs> what never, I would do. I've never been so tense. As, <laughs> like, what? Just, oh, man. I was so annoyed at that. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, most shocking death for me is right off the bat. Fucking Ned Stark, man. That one. Yeah. That one really, like I said, from, at, the, at the top of this segment. You know, like, that one really set the mood for the rest of the show. You're like, nobody's yep. safe. Fucking Ned Stark's dying out here. Nobody's I'll, safe. I'll agree with you in terms of, like, shocking. Yeah, because... Like, don't expect that. By the time Oberyn died, you're kind of expecting because yes. you've watched three seasons of this show. You're not surprised when somebody yeah. that main gets murdered. I guess mine was like the most tense yeah. scene to just with like that death I didn't want to see. But yeah, yeah, you're right. In terms of like shocking, like, oh shit, I did not expect that. Yeah, Ned Stark, yeah, for sure. Like, the Red Wedding is definitely right up there with Catelyn Stark and uh, Rob Stark. But, but again, with Ned Stark, it was just fucking insane. It's crazy how much the Starks got fucked at the beginning of the show, and then at the end, I, it's kind of just on purpose. I remember pointing that out to someone. Done. I'm like, yeah, I remember how they kept getting fucked at the beginning. Well, they won at the end. Like it they was all, all meant to be. Yeah. John's north, north. Uh, fucking Sansa's north. Bran is all the south. Arya's doing her thing out west. Yep, finding shit. Yeah, insane. This is a little. This is a funny thing I saw. So I remember uh, so someone posted a meme or something about how when Arya goes west of Westeros, she actually ends up in Westworld. Because <laughs> it's, also, it's also an HBO show, oh, like Game of Thrones. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be hilarious oh. if they brought it <laughs> into fucking Westworld. Two fucking jokes. Oh my god. All right, let's uh, move on to our next segment, yeah, no which is uh, the most impressive. Maybe yeah. we'll revisit some Game of Thrones talk after we rewatch the whole yeah. show. We might have another segment dedicated to that. Don't yeah. fucking hate us for it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, most impressive performance of May. Okay, I got, off. I got two honorable mentions. Um, Cerrone over Rage and Al because I really, I really thought Al had the style to get him. Although in hindsight, I guess like Al had limited tool set, but I thought that tool set would totally work against Cerrone. Yeah. Um, Volkanovski overall, though. Okay. I mean, it wasn't a uh, barn burner of a fight. But especially if you listen to Luke Thomas's breakdown, he always gives more insight where, like, I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice that, well, you know, while watching the fight. But he kind of breaks down how Volkanovski just completely shut him down and confused him. So that's what's super impressive. To do that to Aldo, nobody's really done that to Aldo. So you agree it's not Aldo's day off. It was more so it was also implementing a game plan. Volkanovski implemented a great game plan and shut him down, but also Aldo did kind of mentally freeze up. But it was because of what Volkanovski was doing to confuse him that he kind of froze up. So you could say Volkanovski like caused it. It's kind of like the Aljamain Sterling and Jimmy Rivera fight, if you remember that one. Yes, uh, Sterling just Rivera, stifled him. He yeah. didn't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, and he mentally kind of froze like up. Like that whole first round, Aljo's just going for a takedown, going for a takedown, going for a takedown. Then the second round, he slowly starts to mix and up. And then Rivera, the anything he tried wasn't working. He's yeah. like, I don't get it. Like, I don't know what to do. He even showed but frustration in his corner, I remember, too. I'm going to go with a kind of, like, out of, le- not really out of left field to a certain degree, but like a, a, a lesser known name. Making his UFC debut, Michelle Pereira oh, over, that motherfucker. over Danny Roberts. Cash of money. I just rewatched that fight again yeah. earlier. He's an underdog coming in, yeah. doing all this weird dance and break dance capoeira. Plus this 220 shit. against okay. Danny Roberts. Fuck you. Fuck you. Thank you for the money, but still. 100%. That was so dumb. The odds made no sense. Like, I get that Danny Roberts is a much uh, more technical fighter and a better, you know, 
better guy all But he's all not that great, so he shouldn't be and that big. And he has big a ch- bad chin on he him. He shouldn't be that big of a favorite over anyone, really. Have you seen how big Michelle Pereira is? Massive. Jacked. Fucking Jack. Paul Felton was talking about during the fight. I rewatched it today, and he's like, yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen. He actually made 170 <laughs> yesterday. He, he might be one or two pounds heavier right now. <laughs> I, I'm excited to see what his future holds. Awesome. But that was definitely the thing but that yeah, stuck out the just, most. It was like a two-minute fight. He comes out. He he did like a front forward flip capoeira yeah. kick. Yeah. He bounced. He he did jumped off the cage at least twice. And you're like, okay, this guy's kind of out there. Like he might just be do, being a little dumb by being wild. And then throws a flying knee. One pop just pops him one time. Doesn't even follow up because he knows <laughs> he it's knows done. Yeah, yeah, he shows yeah. that restraint, even though you think a wild guy like that probably wouldn't. So. I thought that was just like that's probably the Especially best with the beef they had going into that fight. Could you have made a better impression in a two-minute fight? I mean, I know Johnny Walker made quite an impression yeah. with this, but with this is like this, this guy tried Johnny a lot Walker. of crazy yeah. shit and then did something actually crazy. finished with yeah. it at the end of that little two minutes. So yeah, I'm like everybody's. I know I am. I'm waiting for his next fucking fight. I'm, I'm totally interested now. Huge fan. I got to give that the the most impressive performance. Do you think he's top fifteen? Oh, that's too hard to say. <laughs> you beat Danny Roberts in two minutes after throwing wild shit. Now, it's gonna now, catch up to him, right? Yeah, now people got footage to study, right? Well, it's like two it's minutes still of out it. There. But he, as you find this guy has, how many? He has like over twenty fights. He has a lot oh, of fights. Oh shit! He's okay. been doing his thing in like Korea. That. Like he's been doing a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. He's I pretty mean, experienced. He just he's accumulated some losses here and there, right? Which is why he's never really made it to the UFC. But he, just recently, he came out with all those crazy. Like I don't know if you saw the highlights they're showing on. Fighter and the Kid recently as well, or whatever the other fucking show was, uh, Bill of the Belt. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's his face was showing him clips of Michelle Pereira. I'm not sure if you watched oh, the shit, audio. Okay. Uh, I'm not yeah, sure I if you did the audio. the audio. If you listen to the video, they're showing him actual pictures of his last, um, like performances in uh, Korea. Like he's doing like jumping off the cage. Yes, I, I remember they were shit, talking about like, how he does some crazy shit. Yeah. yeah. But just the fact that he used it to kind of finish. And it worked. Yep. Right. I would still move him up slowly. Like, I wouldn't even move him up, maybe. I'd probably move him sideways, give him, like, a Danny Roberts type guy. Like, okay, you did that to a guy who didn't really know too much what to expect. Now people have seen this, like, your UFC fight. I wouldn't mind Let's seeing see him what against, uh, like, a Nordin Taleb type of guy. Yes, that's right? actually... That's a, Taleb that's just a picked a up a big one as well in Ottawa, so... Very winnable yeah. for, so for, 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 for Pereira. And for Taleb, too, right? Like, yeah. If Taleb's chin holds up, he could probably pick him apart, so... Uh, yeah, I, 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 I like that. I like uh, I like Michelle Perez's performance for sure. I don't know why this just kind of randomly popped into my head. It's not going to be next, but if they keep winning, this will be a great fight. Perry versus him. Perry versus Perez. Yeah, wouldn't that be intense? Like that, that would be pretty like That would be a fucking fight. <laughs> I want to. You know what? I want to get a nut off too. Fuck, Mike Perry and Robbie Lawler. Oh yeah. That they had it perfectly teamed oh, yeah. up for themselves right there, right? Are they not? They haven't announced all his replacement. Please give it to Mike Perry. Give it to Just Mike give it to Perry. Mike Perry. All right. Uh, in terms of my most impressive performance of May, I was going to go with Michelle Pereira, too. Uh, oh, but you were? Okay. I, I was. I was. Okay. And then I told you that I might be going up with somebody a little bit lesser known. Okay, even uh, lesser. Okay. We have a little bit of a segment on her later, too. But Felicia Spencer, she kind of... I know she went out there and did what she was kind of expected to do if she was to win this fight. She was still the underdog. Mm-hmm. And Megan Anderson was still somehow hyped... Still overhyped, uh, but Felicia Spencer comes out there, implements her game plan in terms of getting the fight down to the ground as soon as possible and get in. I think it was a rear naked choke. Uh, but, like, what a way to spoil uh, the plans of most people. You know what I mean? Like, you, you kind of just implement, you, you stamp your name right into the fucking talk uh, with a big win over a girl that most people would think we're just going to run over her, right? 
So big win for Felicia Spencer. I thought it was most impressive uh, due to the fact that uh, the implications and significance it has on the rest of the division. Yep. So that's what I got to put out there. That's fair enough. I, I'm not saying she's going to be a champion. I'm not saying that. I saw that Chris Cyborg actually accepted a fight with her or some shit. Um, yeah, Cyborg's been calling her out yeah. for a fight. So, so if I was Spencer... Yeah. I don't know, actually. I, I don't want to get too deep know. into it because I want to get into okay. it for the double jab. Yeah, but, okay, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with uh, Felicia Spencer there. The, Most impressive due to the impact. It made yeah, the, the only reason... I remember I looked at that fight and I was like, that was good. The only reason I didn't choose that over Pereira is because Megan Anderson has such bad grappling. Exactly. Like so, Again, she went out there... That's to, the only reason. She went out there and did what she kind of expected her to do yeah. if she was going to get the victory. Exactly. And she made it a lot easier than it was, you know. But yeah, but you still got to say it's the impressive. Underdog. Yeah, she didn't get hit really. Yeah, she, she was still she did, like no so damage. Say like everybody, oh, she was actually absolutely going to win because yeah. she does have kind of trash that or yeah, trash striking. I haven't. I don't even think I she saw has really bad striking. <laughs> She's still seven and zero. She's seven and zero, but just using her grappling. We're using her grappling. But Cyborg is also good at stopping grappling, and so and she's pretty good on the ground. Well, I think. <laughs> It's hard to tell because she just destroys everybody. Yeah, other than Amanda Nunes, but uh, story for another day. She also felt uh, like an idiot there too. <laughs> All right, let's get on to uh, the next segment. Uh, we're going to be going over a big featherweight uh, mashup that happened in May. Uh, Alexander Volkanovski <coughs> getting that big one over Jose Aldo, as well as um, uh, there was a big fight that was booked as well. Was it Ortega <laughs> Zabit? <laughs> um, Yes, Ortega yeah, and Zabit. Uh, I believe that's going to be going down in <coughs> July or August. But that's a huge fucking fight. Edgar Holloway? Yeah, uh, exactly. Edgar Holloway is another one that uh, that was announced as well, too. So we kind of have the future of the featherweight division in our scope. We know what the fuck to expect that's coming up. Are you satisfied with it, though? With Let's start off with the top. I'm okay Holloway versus it. Edgar. Are you okay I know a that? lot of people are upset with that booking. I'm okay with it because... I, I like it for Holloway's resume. Like, Frankie is still one of the top featherweights yep. ever. I always wanted Holloway to get that win on his resume. Because yep. aside from Aldo before the Ortega fight, no one had beaten Frankie. And yep. Aldo, you know, he beats everyone else. So I just thought, like, for Holloway to kind of really cement his place as, like, dude, I'm the best featherweight. Edgar's always been a guy at the top, one of the only guys. Pretty much you that need he, to have that guy. Because yeah, Holloway beat so many guys to get to the title that he yeah. had almost cleaned out the division at that point. Then beat Aldo, but then it was just always Edgar. That's the one guy. And even I guess you could argue Mendez, but Mendez has gotten beat a couple of yeah. times, and it just felt like I don't need to see that fight. I think Holloway would easily win, but Frankie could actually give this guy problems. So I know people don't like the booking. I don't mind it, and it's not a big deal because it's happening pretty quickly. Volkanovski can just deal with like an eight or nine month layoff and just get the winner. It's I don't, kind it's of a, a it's kind of like a glass half full perspective you have to take with Alexander Volkanovski because of that infection that he got. I'm not sure how, like, yeah. if you heard how significant it was, like, it was I, bad. He was probably ready to. He'd probably be ready to fight by like August September. Or but something. like after something like that, you want to just take I, some time off, man. Hopefully, hopefully, kind of. I, I hopefully Holloway doesn't really have a war with Edgar, which I don't see happening. I actually think Holloway should finish him. Um, standing and then hopefully you'll be able to fight by what December that's not a huge layoff for Volkanovski I think they're doing good I, time to, to work on your skills and just keep getting I better I think that they were targeting an Australia event in November to have Adesanya and Whitaker headline so okay. it would be cool to have like a double because they're fighting in June who? Holloway Edgar? Uh, Holloway Edgar is happening in June end yes. of June okay yeah. so that's like a five month turnaround that's good but that's that's assuming he doesn't take much damage because he had a no, fun- sorry, it's not June, it's uh, July. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be kind of a quick turn. Especially two, 238 two. is um, Marais and uh, Suhudo. Suhudo, okay, yeah. 239 is Jones uh, Santos. Yeah, Jones Santos. 240 is, is Edgar. Edgar Holloway. So that's the uh, end of July. Yeah. Another thing, though, is like Holloway's already fighting too quick. That was a fucking beating yeah. he took from Poirier. What I was, are you doing? I was, Jumping I was in very so surprised. I was very surprised to see him fight still in like July. L- luckily, I was expecting at least September. Yeah, luckily Frankie is the type of guy who's not gonna really hurt you damage wise. He yeah. might point. He won't fight. overwhelm you, but, but like, he's not gonna man, fucking... you're you're young. Yeah, you you know you just went through a war. Just relax. Like take like if they they probably honestly probably should just gone do. Volkanovski Edgar and let Holloway take some fucking time off till the end of the year. <laughs> that probably would have been the smarter booking for Holloway, but yeah. He's I don't know if I don't know warrior. if it, like if you're in Volkanovski's camp, you're gonna be like take that fight. No, you you cemented yourself as a number one contender by beating Jose Aldo. Why take that fight? But unless it's like an it's, it's winnable. It's like very that. winnable for Volkanovski, and yeah, that to have Edgar on your resume, that's a big deal too. So I, I think it's gonna play out for the best in terms of. Uh, Volkanovski will still fight the winner of Holloway and Edgar. Yeah, yeah, I think for uh, sure. I don't think he's going to take a... You, dude, you just beat Aldo and you're in a seven-fight win streak. Don't take another fight if it's not a title How fight. about uh, Ortega versus the beat winner faces Aldo? Yes. Or the loser of Edgar and Holloway? I, I, I don't think we've seen any of those fights either yet. We haven't seen... Yeah, we saw Ortega Edgar. I'm sure Edgar would want to get that one back if they somehow get matched yeah. up again. But I'm totally against down fucking with Aldo or Zabit against Edgar... I, I mean, don't know if Zabit the and winner, Edgar would fight, actually, because I think they're in the same Yeah, game. they're in the same. The, the, the winner of Ortega Zabit, they're going to be waiting a long time, so who else are they going to face, yeah. really, besides Aldo? It's got to be Aldo. get back in there and fucking do the damn thing. It's got to be Aldo. It has to be, because yeah. if Volkanovski doesn't get a title shot till the end of the year, you're not getting another, like, the next title fight for Featherweight is going to be, what, mid-2020? you got to take another fight if you're Zabit or, or Ortega. It's got to be all though. Like, who else is there at the top? Let's, well, let's, actually, let's see. yeah, let's think a little bit longer term. So we we know that Volkanovski. Well, you know what? Another thing is Moicano's fighting um, Chance of Young. So yeah. if he wins, he's still gonna be in the top five. Do you think like, maybe he's back in there? I, that's a, by the way, that's a huge too. fight for Chance of Young because yeah. you're coming off a loss to number eleven, but you're still getting to fight number yeah. five. But we all know, like, come on, he was winning. <laughs> come on. What? He was a second. He was a second away from winning that fucking he was, fight. He was. He was. He. He was about to win four one. Yeah. And he fucking got dead with the oh, second left. That was that ridiculous. Was uh, yeah. So we got Mokano Zombie going down. Uh, I'm interested to see what the fuck is going on with Mursad Bactic because I think he could definitely be a problem. He's just not being yeah, nothing, brought up. Nothing announced. Like I can't even remember what the fuck his last fight was. He might as well just take us Jeremy Stevens. Like who else is available, <laughs> right? Yeah. And Stevens is coming off a loss. Uh, Stevens is coming off loss to Zabit. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Zabit did beat him. Zabit okay. beat him, yeah. So Zabit's like right up there. Josh, man. did you just eight? That just seems too high for him. Speaking of like matchups to get your dick hard, tell me fucking Zabit against fucking uh, who were we just talking about? <laughs> Zabit against Bechtick? No, Zabit against Holloway. How fucking oh, yeah. nuts would that fight be? I honestly, I think I think Holloway pees him up. I don't think his striking is, is there. But know. yeah, and Zabit's a little bit more flashy, so I understand that aspect of it. Yeah, but he's a good wrestler. He's a good submission artist. Oh yeah, too. he's he he's good all around. That's his thing. Yeah. He's so good all around. And he's long and lanky, kind of like Holloway too. Yeah. So it's gonna be weird to see. But just guys based off the Stevens fight, I think Holloway would out cardio him. Like the oh. cardio would catch up to him. That's what I think. 
Because he seems know. to fade. Zabit seems to fade a bit. Like, I think in the Botniak fight, I know he's injured, but yeah. he lost that last round. Against Stevens as well, I think he lost the last round again. He, he's ten, he seems to lose the third round a lot. I, I'm interested to see how different he would be if he's training for a five-round fight rather than a three. So that's a yeah. Team well, Ortega's a great test for him. It's a great test, but it's he could get subbed rounder. really easily. Ortega, Ortega's Ortega's main problem is he has bad defensive strength. Yeah, a whole like he just gets hit strategy. too much. But his offensively, he's good. Yeah, and his submissions are just next fucking level. Uh, just circling on Alexander Volkanovski and Max Holloway. Yeah. Like let's it's you know Max Holloway is a minus four hundred favorite right now over Frank Edgar. It's kind of a foregone cl- conclusion that you're going to get Holloway against Volkanovski next. Can you imagine if Frank actually wins? God, I would be so that happy for him. I would ridiculous. be so happy for him. I so still that he can finally go down to one thirty five and fucking be at the. Ah, he's too old to be. start cutting more weight. Yeah. He, I think one thirty five yeah. is done for him. He's too old for it. I still want to see him. He hated. He he didn't even want to cut ten to pounds yeah. to get to one forty five. Because he walks around at one fifty five or one fifty eight or something. Yeah. He didn't want to do that cut. Nah, I don't think you're going to get him to do one thirty five. He's too old for that. <laughs> uh, but do you think that Volkanovski has the, the the chops to solve the puzzle of Max Holloway? You know, we you saw Dustin Dustin Poirier was able to do it, but at one forty five, nobody has really been able to do it. That's the thing. It's it's going to be a little bit of a game changer now that Poirier beat Holloway. Because now you can like kind of try and implement know, similar I, type of strategy. I don't think that Alexander Volkanovski. Would yeah, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the pressure like the no. boxing level. He thing. has the like the the inti- like the, the the grappling uh, factor there. Like he has the clinch. He's the, he's obviously going to be the stronger I, I, guy. I never see that being much of a factor against Holloway though. He's he's hard to take down and do much to in the grappling. And he's the type of dude who. He, he doesn't fucking... He's not fearless in terms of engaging you in the grab, but he tried to choke out Brian Ortega. Yeah, that's true. What the <laughs> fuck? This guy gives no fucks. Uh, I, I truly think that Volkanovski has the, the ingredients to actually take down Max Holloway, and depending on what oh, the odds yeah? are, I would probably bet Alexander Volkanovski at a dog money. I'm assuming he's going to be an I, underdog. He, he would be an underdog because even though he beat Aldo, I think a lot of people were unimpressed and, and thought more, and I think a lot of people just felt like, oh, that was just Aldo not being Aldo and not showing up, so... This and that. So I actually oh, think yeah, the odds the would public, be skewed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be yeah, like yeah. Volkanovski would probably be like a plus two hundred or something, which would be good money on him. I would definitely. I would definitely. Pull especially, him especially if you get. Well, actually, no. Holloway wouldn't be coming off his loss to Poirier. He'd be. It would be after the after Edgar fight. fight. So. Is there anybody else in that division that you believe is a threat to Holloway? Man, a threat to Holloway. I guess you got to go with the, like the young up and comers. Zabit, possibly. Versailles, I, I would have said Moicano before the Aldo fight, but he just easily got overwhelmed. Like he yeah. didn't know, he didn't seem to know how to, def- yeah. like yeah, defend well against like a barrage of crazy striking. But then again, Aldo also has that power. He's gonna put you out quick. Whereas Holloway, he could survive more. I think if Moicano makes adjustments, he would be a tough, tough go, because he's long as fuck and he's a striker. And Holloway's not gonna rush him and quickly put him out. So. If Moicano can kind of work on getting out of the way of punches better, he could, I think, be a serious threat. Do you think Holloway goes up in weight again? Hell no, he shouldn't. Man. You think he sticks at forty-five? Like, uh, no, we know I know that think, cut is getting harder for him. I think he will, but I don't think he should because yeah. he's just a crazy motherfucker. He's talking about going up to middleweight and shit. Could you okay. imagine Holloway against Fucking Cerrone? relax. Oh god. <laughs> I think Sony's too big for a man. So, and, I agree. And, and Holloway gets to hit too yeah. easily. Sony's a big motherfucker. Yeah. He had. He he was so good against Ortega and the other guys of just 
slightly getting yeah. out of the way of your punches yeah. and just sliding back in and just popping you. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? But with Poirier, he couldn't do it. <coughs> he couldn't get out of the way of his punches at all. Say in a scenario <coughs> we have Brian Ortega go out there and third round submit Zabit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get Holloway beats both Volkanovski and uh, Frank Edgar. Okay. Do you think uh, Brian Ortega would be deserving of another shot at the title after such a dismantling? That he Not took after. I don't know if he. I don't know if he deserved it after one win. Well, okay. He uh, would, I, I think Ortega after that would have to beat an Aldo. I, I actually, you know what? I do like that. I, Aldo should definitely still be up there in in, in uh, competitions against top five guys. So I could definitely see him fighting one of the, one of the winners of Zabit and uh, Ortega. Um, but uh, at the end of this year, is Holloway still the champion? Say he fights two more times. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. You think Volkanovski did? I think Volkanovski takes, is takes the, it at the, the end of the year. Uncrowned king right now. I wouldn't be surprised. Let's just. I say love that. his style, and I think that he can like, he can give anybody a bad day. One hundred percent. He fucking the only. Jose Aldo. He's pretty much been perfect outside of getting clipped by Chad Mendes. And, and the, Chad Mendes can clip anybody. The one thing that Jose Aldo has always kind of been known for, and has been his downfall in his fights, you know, excluding the fucking Conor McGregor knockout, uh, the Holloway fights. His two losses were like to gassing. Right, he didn't really gas in this fight. He just got out. Yeah, no, because he out, Vol- Vol- out fight IQ. Volkanovski, Volkanovski did not put a Holloway pressure on him, yeah. so it didn't gas him out. So you can't lean on like Jose Aldo. You know, he gassed. Yeah, that's that's, he it was just totally stifling. Out. You completely just stifled him. Yeah. So that's why I think Alexander has that kind of X factor of being able to stifle guys that he might be able to stifle Holloway, just as Dustin Poirier was maybe not in the same fashion, but implementing the kind of game plan that he normally brings into these fights. Yeah, so I, I really I'm I'm hard on fucking Volkanovski. I could totally so I see shit. <laughs> I I will say, the betting odds would probably make it worthwhile to bet on Volkanovski. Yeah, I, I think the odds are going to be too skewed in Holloway's favor because yeah. of everybody's really hard on fucking Holloway yeah. right now too. Even the Poirier fight. Now that I'm thinking about it afterwards, like you know hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know it was kind of weird to see him as such a heavy favorite over Dustin Poirier. Hundred percent. I I remember going into the fight, I was like. Like I really felt like I oh, wish I, I looked at it. I, I I just I, don't I know why I refused. Yeah. I refused to look into the fight a little bit more than I should have. But you know, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. We missed opportunities. It was just. A, we, do you know what really made me think Poirier was going to win? Because of the Gaethje fight. Because I'm like Gaethje's a crazy yeah. pressure fighter. Poirier was able to keep the volume up, get out of the way, and totally negate the pressure and put him out. So I'm like, yo, man. I think he could do this to Holloway. That, like the, I, the one thing that was most impressive in that Gagey fight was the amount of power he was still able to generate in the after his getting his fucking out. legs like beat off pretty yeah. much. And there was a couple times against the cage where he would take deep breaths, but then like when he would go back to striking, he would still be good. Like his boxing still looked good. You're like, holy fuck! Like Poirier's got some cardio, man. That was fucking insane. I'm excited uh-huh. to see what uh, how he, what type of game plan he brings against fucking Khabib, but. I'm sure we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. Poor, poor, I just don't <laughs> see it happening, man. All right. Uh, we're going to move right along to the double jab segment where we bring in my boy, Big Rob, to help us out. Let's get to it, Rob. Yeah. What's going on, guys? You good over there? I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the zone. Yeah. I'm in the zone. We let him into his zone. Now he's fucking oh, in his zone. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. Was that your tail? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> sorry, man. I'm sorry. All right. All right. All right. Let's all go. Right. Let's get into number one here. Okay. Okay. Okay, so guys, for number one for the double jab, uh, we have the women's featherweight division has been a mess since the beginning. 
Nunez now wears the crown. Did Felicia Spencer spoil any potential plans for the division by defeating an overhyped prospect, Megan Anderson? Tony? Oh, for, okay, I, I don't really think she spoiled anything. Um, Meg, well, I guess Megan Anderson could be an interesting stylistic matchup for Cyborg just because you know, you know, Cyborg's probably not going to just grapple her. She's actually going to stand and bang with her. And from the flashes we saw in the Holly Holm fight, like I remember she landed a wicked knee when Holly Holm was coming in. You're like, oh, she's got, she could fuck somebody up if like the grappling wasn't such an issue. But you know, I I don't. There's just not much of a division to fuck up. <laughs> it's like what there's there. there's three women there, and then the the other one, the champion is a bantamweight. The other one is Holly Holm, who who's a bantamweight. It's just bantamweights moving up. So yeah, I don't, I can't really say it fucked anything up because. I just don't think there was anything to fuck up, really. <laughs> like, they even did, like, a, a tough for it. Oh, yeah. That. And, and then, then everybody I, moved down. Yeah, everybody moved to 135. Yeah. The one thing that's most, uh, the weirdest to me is the uh, PFL doing a 155 uh, women's tournament. tournament. And Sarah Kaufman is in it at 155. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, yo, what they need is, they need Kayla Harrison to fucking cut to 145. Like, do it. Then you can bring her into the UFC. Things will start to get interesting. Plus, then divisions grow slowly after that, right? Like after after a bit of time, more you know, bigger women who, yeah. who train athletic, they'd be like, oh shit, like we can actually get into the UFC and make a career out of this, and things would take off from there. But yeah, I I'd, I'd definitely like to see like one little thing is like Kayla Harrison cutting to one forty five and making coming in. We know PFL really likes to bring in people to the UFC as well, just to the uh, the actual relationship that Elliot that, yeah, cool that, that Aziz has with yeah. the UFC, right? So maybe Kayla Harrison is kind of just being slowly propped up to come over. I hope but in so. terms of me with having uh, Felicia Spencer, did I think that she actually fucked up this division by having this win? Um, I think that she kind of did. Yeah, I mean, I don't think her ceiling is that high, even though she's 9-0. I do believe that Megan Anderson was being the one that was uh, that was kind of being overhyped. There's a reason that she was uh, the you know a bit of the favorite here because the public was on her too. Right, a lot of people were sold on her. A lot of people were sold on her striking. But if you really look at her fucking fight tape, she is atrocious even in the stand-up. Like, yeah, she did catch Holly Holm. She caught Holly Holm, and that that is what made Holly Holm change up her game plan and go to a wrestling more wrestling based game plan. Because yeah, she can crack. But watch watch her fight against Cindy Danua. Watch okay, her fight. Yes. Watch yeah, her last fights. fights. Watch yeah. her last fights, and you're gonna be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like. It's she has power and she's big and she's you're, yeah you're the one who was like Holly Holm at minus one sixty hell yeah like I think I bet I can't remember what I bet right I bet right uh, roughly around minus one twenty and I was or uh, minus two twenty ish or something like that and then fight day she got down to minus one sixty okay I I remember you were just like yo she's gonna run through me and yeah. I'm like really are you sure yeah. but I didn't really know I, I was I had a little bit of a hiccup because I thought Holly Holm was gonna dismantle her on the feet however she got rocked and she changed up a game plan but that's fight IQ right there. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to the next one. What's up, bro? All right, guys. So number two, uh, former hot prospect and title challenger Kevin Lee has one win in his last four fights. Where does he go after getting tapped out by RDA? Uh, so this was, I, I feel super bad for Kevin Lee. I mean, a lot of people have been hyping him, especially at, like up until that point where he fought Tony Ferguson for the interim belt. A lot of people, or was it the interim belt? It was probably the normal belt. No, it was, it was, inter- it was, it was inter- 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 Uh You know, he was very hyped. 
you know, I was kind of impressed with him. I bet heavy against him when he fought Michael Chiesa because I thought Chiesa was the better grappler. Kevin Lee comes out there and just fucking totally shuts oh, the shit down. I actually out. thought I, I, I'd leave him that fight. I, I, I was heavy on Chiesa. That was, like, one of my first ever lock of the night plays. I was like, I'm deep on this. It was, like, minus 120 on Chiesa. I was like, I'm fucking in. I don't know why the line is so close. And I was proven wrong. However, uh, Kevin Lee, you know I mean? I, this was supposed to be his revitalization going up to 170, and he falls flat against RDA. I, was I always one. think that uh, people think that it's his fucking training camp. People think that it's, you know, main, they mainly blame his training camp. Everybody's the same in his corner except Robert Fallis. You know what I mean, everybody's still there. That, you know, that Dewey Cooper guy is still there. Um, all of his main guys are still there. So if he does change camps, maybe that's one thing. But also I think that if it's uh, his cardio, his cardio is really the issue. And that's going to not help him in the fights moving forward. What about yeah, you? Yeah, 100%. It's definitely like a cardio thing or a pacing. I don't even think it's a cardio thing. It's a pacing issue. The RDA fight, he came out too hard. That was intense to me. I'm yeah, like, and you, you're gonna have to get about on the first two rounds and, if you want to keep this shit up. Yeah, and we know that you slow down. Like we've seen this happen to you before, and it's like, yeah, you didn't make the cut, but RDA also make, made a good point. He's like, when I first had my first fight at welterweight against Terry Safadine, I got tired because I'm carrying around more weight. And you, for Kevin Lee to try and jump up to a new weight class and fight RDA in his first fight, that's why I was so big on RDA winning that. I'm like, ah, this is not a recipe for success. So pissed I didn't get the underdog. Money. Yeah. But fight IQ, um, not, not fight IQ, he's very smart, but yeah, pacing yourself, and he seems to be a little delusional as to what's happening in the stand-up in a fight. Yeah, like him thinking that Iaquinta fight he, was close was he, bad. Yeah, he, he, he's, he hits people back, but like in the Iaquinta fight, he kept getting popped, yeah. but still seemed to think like he won the first round, I remember, and I'm like, I couldn't have, like, lit you up in the first round. I don't know what, like... So he seems to be a little delusional in that aspect. And I think Luke Thomas pointed it out. It's, like, just inefficiency. Like, the way... How hard he tried to get a takedown off RDA on the cage and how much energy that caused yeah, him. It's, like, it's just bad, the beginning bad decision-making yeah. here. Like, you can't get it back off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just putting too much effort into, the, like, things that aren't paying off. So he's, like, right there skill-wise. He just needs to make a little bit of adjustments. And he should... He Otherwise, he's a motherfucker. Though. I know. What's up, Rob? All right, guys. Number three. Donald Cerrone started the month off with a big win over Rajin Al. Several days later, he gets booked for a nerd's dream fight against Tony Ferguson. What are your thoughts on Donald's win and this next fight? I was super impressed when he beat Rajin Al because I thought like that was the style that's going to get Donald Cerrone and, and he just and he came in and he didn't even feel good he said after he's like I didn't even want to be in there and then I kind of just woke up and started you know he, he got back into his groove he started beating the shit out of him dad Donald Cerrone is awesome this guy's <laughs> yeah. like <Dad> next, <laughs> next level in terms of his motivation yeah. now, even on an off night he's like no nah, motherfucker I'm not I'm, you're not taking this from me Yeah. so I'm really happy about that booking too Yeah. Um, well actually like, like it's an awesome fight booking, but at the same time, it's like, man, if Ferguson loses, it's going to be one of the biggest travesties in MMA that this fucking guy had an 11-fight win streak and never had a title shot. Well, I almost feel like if they gave... Kevin Lee fight, but... If they gave Gus the, the, the fucking title fight after oh, yeah. getting knocked out by AJ... That even if Ferguson loses, give him a fucking title shot in his next fight. Who gives a shit? Like, come on. But, like, the poor guy. So, overall, the fight's going to be amazing. 
But yeah, I'm, there's a little part of me that's a little disappointed about it too. For me, uh, just kind of saying the same thing about the uh, Rage and fight. You know, I was very impressed with him. He's an underdog going into that fight again. A lot of people counted him out. A lot of th- people thought that I Quintus boxing was really going to give him fits. That was me. Yeah, you know, I totally thought that. I, I I didn't bet on the fight or anything like that. But, but I think you I leaned Cerrone. I still leaned Cerrone. Yeah. I picked Cerrone in my Toutmaster, and I think I have yep. him in my Hail Mary play as well. But, um, you know, he's still around, man. He's still able to fuck these guys up. Like, his chin is not as much of an issue as a lot of people were making it out to be. Cerrone seems you know, always been his mental game. He went there. three rounds with Robbie Lawler. You went five rounds with Leon Edwards. You know I mean, you went five rounds with uh, Rage Now. He won the last two rounds against Edwards, so, like, you could argue if the fight kept going, he was going to start getting him and piecing him up. In regards, starts. in regards to the Ferguson fight, I, I agree with you in terms of it should, you know, Ferguson should be getting the title shot. But I think this might be a, a Frank Edgar type of treatment. I think he might, even if he loses this fight, they will still find a way to give him uh, Get a him a rebound shot. fight, and then even one get win, and he'll shot. get a title shot. So I truly think that that's definitely going to be... Even if he loses to Cerrone, he's still going to be at the top of the division. Yeah. So he's still going to be fighting the best. But yeah, that makes sense too. But it would just be like such a travesty. Like, poor Tony. Fuck, I think man. he wins this fight. I'm going to be honest, but... Because he's got that pressure. Yeah. We'll wait is, till it's like fight week before we fucking get into it a little bit, but I I truly think that Ferguson's pressure is going to be the... I, the yeah, I, I'm a little on the fence, too, because it's like he gets hit easily, and if anybody's going to piece you up with a combo, when you're, it's going to be Donald Cerrone. Yeah. But at the same time, if, if he doesn't put him out quick and Ferguson keeps backing him up against that cage and just in your face, in your face, in your face... That's not so exactly his style. That's good for Cerrone. <laughs> but if this is Dad Cerrone. Yeah, exactly. He joins the ranks of TRTV tour C-level Kane. I wish we were getting five rounds. We're only getting three. Yeah. Remember that. Just make it All a right. fucking interim title <laughs> fight and make it five rounds, man. All right. What, uh, what's number four, Rob? What do we got? All right, guys. So Bellator 221 went head-to-head against UFC 237 a couple weeks ago and held their own. So... Uh, they had a very entertaining event with big wins by Lima, Pitbull, and Jack Hager. Uh, what do you think of the event, and what stuck out to you the most? I kind of forgot that they were even having an event that night, which is kind of fucked up because I was really looking forward to uh, Douglas Lima against Michael Venom Page. I was like, that is potential fight of the year right there. Um, you know, they had a good showing. Uh, you know, Michael Venom Page. You thought he won the first round. I thought Lima won the first round. It was very debatable in terms of, you know, I thought Lima got a little bit better on the on the feet, um, but it is what it is. Um, and then uh, Pitbull knocking out Michael Chandler was fucking phenomenal. Say what you want about the stoppage, but I didn't I didn't even know Good it was stoppage. a champ champ fight. Good stoppage. I didn't even know it was a champ champ fight until he fucking got that second oh, yeah, no? round. Okay. I had no fucking idea. I was like, really? Oh, I, I thought he was just fucking challenging for the time. I always get both Pitbull brothers fucking mixed oh, up. No. So Patricio the lightweight. I know Patricio they look differently, the... but I keep fucking it up. Patricio's the better one, up. too. And Michael Chandler's fought both of them. <laughs> so it's but just like... He beat the other one twice, and yeah. I was lost to the younger one, yeah. So... Uh, and then Jack Hager coming out there, getting the fucking choke uh, and getting that heel turn, if you want to call it that. Um, I was a little bit set off by it at first, but then after I watched it a second time, I was like, okay, I guess it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. He's a, he's a rookie, too. And um, he, in terms of what stood out to me the most, though, is uh, Douglas Lima's KO, which was fucking ridiculous. But 100%. On to you. Um, uh, what was the question exactly? I'm like blank. What stood out to you most from Bellator 221? Uh, and what did you just think of the event in total? Like, yeah, definitely. It's going up against 237. 100% Lima's combo. I mean, like, leg kick into the uppercut. Like, what the was fuck nice. was that? Yeah. But honestly, one thing that kind of, like, it, that works in Paige's favor is 
he stifled Lima completely on the ground. Like, he had wrist control, and Lima couldn't do shit. So yeah. I thought that was actually a little impressive after getting taken down by Daly to see that, okay, he can get taken down, but he's kind of good at stifling people, it seems. Although, I guess Lima isn't the greatest grappler. Yeah. But, yeah, I love... Striking his rage, making his... Going into that fight, I was like, yo, I think Patricio's about to win this. I don't see why Chandler's the favorite. Chandler's striking against Primus looked fucking horrible. horrible. Yeah. It was terrible. All he, he did was plus all he did as well. All he did was hold him down. That's yeah. all he did. And I'm like, man, Pitbull striking is way better. I don't see Chandler holding him down necessarily because yeah. even with Chandler's wrestling, he's not the greatest on top. He doesn't like destroy you or damage you. He kind of just holds you. So I'm like, I don't think that's gonna happen. And just the way he talks to you kind of pisses me off. So it was kind of like. I, I was like, yes, Pitbull. Fuck that dude. <laughs> I was just happy for Pitbull. Yeah. Pitbull's one of those crazy Brazilians, but also I like him because when he talks, he says very logical, smart shit. Mm. But then it's under the guise of him also being like a crazy Marshall, Brazilian. Like, Brazilian. you mess with my brother, I'll fuck you up. Yeah. But when he actually like talks about shit, he's he's saying true shit. Yeah. If you actually like, you know, take it in. So mm. yeah, that that was actually my favorite. I like Pitbull winning. All right, what do we got to wrap this up? All right, guys. So. Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series kicks off in a couple weeks. Uh, it has produced a, a hot pop, sorry, prospects like Johnny Walker and Sean uh, O'Malley. Which show and style do you prefer between the Contender Series and the traditional Ultimate Fighter? Okay, I think that's like, there's no doubt about it that the <laughs> Contender Series is way better than Ultimate Fighter. It's so say say it wasn't watered down. Okay. Say Ultimate Fighter was watered down. What do you? I still like the prefer? Contender Series because at the end of the day, it's about fights, and you get more fights with the Contender Series. Like, there's none of this, you know, the in between shit of the training and this and that. It's just like, nah, man, we're just giving you a card of fights, and then the next week, more fights, and then the next week, more fights. It's not one fight at the end of a long episode of a yeah. build up of bullshit. It's just fights straight up and then they give you a quick little video to let you know who the person is that's what we need we don't need the 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 ultimate fighter is the opposite like a little portion is the fight and then most of it is like trying to get you to know these people no no, no. give us a little bit to know them and then the fight like Where that like, from? right simple shit like that like yeah tale of the tape type shit Exactly. Or just like a little rundown. Where is this guy from? What was he fighting? His little family life. Two minute little video, like a promo video wrestling style. And that's it and get to the fights. But yeah, a contender series by far just because we get more fights at the end of it. I think it's five every card or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Better than one. For me, like I said, I'm trying to take, take it in, uh, yeah. with a watered down way. If I don't really like, fresh. like... Yeah, if it was fresh... Uh, I think the Ultimate Fighter for its time was what the UFC actually needed, and we obviously know there was an exact like, oh, yeah. like effect after that Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner fight as to why the UFC blew up to be as big as it is today. Obviously, there were other factors like Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, and all that stuff in yeah, yeah. the more modern era, but I think back then it was definitely needed uh, to get fans a little bit more synonymous with these guys that they just see in a cage fucking punching each other and making it look barbaric as fuck. If you give these guys a little bit more of a story, a little bit more of a, you know, not just a two-minute promo video, video or package video, you try to get these people attached to them, that's how you create stars, right? Um, obviously, it's not working as much anymore because, again, it is watered down as fuck. However, I am going to switch it up on this even though I've been talking mostly about the Ultimate Fighter. I do like the Contender Series five fights get me in and out I'm fucking good yeah, that's give me it. Sean O'Malley give me fucking you know Johnny Walker give me some of these guys uh, show me their fights real quick and we're fucking out we're done yeah, right? exactly and then you get a season of that just week to week to week for what seven or eight weeks 
How many fights by the end of it? Uh, I think it's like from like beginning of June to end of August. So however many. Okay, that's like what? Uh, I'm gonna say eight or nine weeks. Eight or nine weeks. Eight weeks tops. Oh, beginning of June to end of August. Yeah, Yeah. that's like yeah, eight or nine weeks. Okay. Yeah, that's way better. All right. Well, thanks, Rob. We appreciate the help as always. No problem, guys. Thank you. That was fun to do. I fucking love doing double jab. Um. All right. Next up, we got our last segment of the night, of the podcast of the night. It is nighttime almost anyway. Um, Jessica Andrade emphatically captured the strawweight title against Rose Nami Yunus with a slam that probably almost anybody and everybody have seen. I've shown it to Rob and uh, Robbie Woods this past week on the last uh, MMA Lawcast. But uh, she was kind of getting pieced up though. Kind of? <laughs> she was close to getting stopped. That might have been even a 10-8 round in that first round. 100%. Rose, and then she comes around and slams Rose on her fucking head. But that first round... Thoughts like, on the fight. Rose was on her way to having the most impressive performance of the month. Oh, <laughs> oh, absolutely. And then she just gets slammed. But I know a lot of people are saying, if you watch the second round, that Andrade was actually starting to get her a little more. Because Rose was... Um, she wasn't circling as much. I guess going back a little bit more and getting hit a bit more. But it wasn't that significant. She was still piecing up Andrade so there could be an argument to say that Rose couldn't have kept that up and Andrade would have just kept walking her down and uh, eventually could have turned the tide but Rose that, has never really had an issue with her cardio that's though, true too right? but that, that first round Ray Longo actually insane. said it on uh, Anakin Flow podcast yeah. where he said that might have been the best first round I've seen for any fight like any performance in the first round yeah. I don't think I've seen anyone do that well like everything was working just the only fight that really up. comes to mind that in terms of I think somebody did the perfect execution was TJ Dillashaw and Henning Burrell at the beginning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. But Rose just that round of one round like, insane. You're like, holy shit, she looks like a fucking killer right now. And she hurt Andrade. Who the fuck hurts Andrade? And she, yeah, she still managed to fucking not go out. But yeah, that, that honestly, it was one of those fights where, yo, that's an awesome, that's a, that, the ending is wicked like the slam, but it was also disappointing in the sense of like you left feeling like the wrong fighter won. I agree. Like I agree. you felt like I had Rose... money on Andrade there, but I would definitely yeah. not better again in this. I situation. have money on Rose, and yeah. I'm not even saying it yeah. from the the betting perspective, yeah. but it's like like I like to see the better fighter win because that's we're trying to figure out who's the be- well. I guess not really because it's just the better yeah. fighter on that day, and anybody yeah. can win or lose. But yeah. You you wanted like you know like if 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 Rose is better than Andrade she should have got the win that's what you want to like. see their styles exactly. play out and it like be a, a, a direct result of yeah what their styles are like yeah it, this this kind of felt like Rose is beating the shit out of her and there's like a flash knockout and she loses it's this like, might ah. be one of the few champions that in their defending fight might actually be the underdog oh yeah I know right that was crazy to me how crazy is that I said I thought skill wise it's not even close Rose is going to maul her from a skill point but it's like it's the John Lineker style exactly. of just gone drives that eat, just breaks shots just eat shots keep winking shit get in tight throw people around like that's always a factor with her and yeah she tossed her on her head and Rose made one mistake like I think Cormier pointed it out too where if she let go of the Kimura, she would have just fully overturned yeah. and just landed on her back, and it would have been a slam, and she wouldn't have gone out. She probably would have continued that sensational performance as well. Exactly. Or you never know. Maybe Adam Drash would have held her down and tired her out of it. I don't know. But based on that first round, yeah, it really felt like, okay. Like, it just, like, how do you have a first round like that, <laughs> and then you lost the fight by knockout the way, in the yeah. second round? Yeah. Like, that goes on your record. It just feels so in- unjust. <laughs> like, this isn't fair. Yeah. Like, if people just look at the record, they will never know. 
that like what that fight was for Rose. Like she was like an asterisk monster. She had an asterisk for that fight. Rose's fight until the slam. Yeah, I know. Pretty much, right? God. Um, I'm in favor of it. Are you in favor of a rematch? Um, Immediate rematch. I, the only reason I'm not is because like it was a bad knockout, and I think Rose wants to just fuck off for a while. Like she doesn't seem into it. Yeah. Like she doesn't want it. Um, maybe that's what she needed. Maybe she, maybe she doesn't want the title. Yeah, you know I mean, maybe she did. Like she said, it's a huge weight off my shoulders. Yeah, but it was weird because Cormier kept assuming that meant the title, and I'm like, I, I, I took it as like the weight off your shoulder of like this is over. Like me, 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 me having to anticipate this fight with Andrade going to huh. Brazil. I kind of took it that. the Cormier way. Okay, I took. I didn't take it as like I'm. I the pressure of being champion. Is I huh. thought it was just the pressure of the. Like, you know, I took this fight, it was a bad matchup, and I and I took it in Brazil, it was really out of my comfort zone, so that pressure, that's what I thought she meant when, when yeah, when she said that, but she should, I don't see Rose coming back for, like, maybe a year, like, she should probably so take off, like, a she year. She probably won't fight in 2019. I don't think so, I don't think so, I think uh, Tatiana's the next. So we got Tatiana versus Nina Anzarov coming up very soon. I mean, Tatiana, Nina de Suarez? Nina's got to keep keep her off her and just pretty much outpoint her and she I showed know. a really good game plan in her last fight i'm trying to remember who she claudia. beat but was it claudia yeah. claudia's falling off yeah man. that was she's kind of getting exposed bad. she's not yeah. that great anymore and the what after what tatiana did to carla as far as her grappling like claudia couldn't do that shit to her grappling she just held her down i'm gonna be interested to see how tatiana's grappling heavy style works against andrage because andrage is pretty pretty strong yeah i mean i i'm not saying so suarez will get her down obviously i don't think that's an issue andrade ain't slamming tatiana that's true <laughs> that ain't happening i'm i'm very intrigued to see in terms like will will that first round and a half be too hard on tatiana suarez to be able to get the ta- takedowns afterwards or is it even going to get that no, far you i don't I mean? think so i think her pace is just so ridiculous and she can keep I it i think up. her striking is still you know 100 percent. like you know, i'm don't strike with Andrade. No. One of those bombs or hooks is going to land. And she's big too, though. She could definitely. Tatiana's huge. Tatiana's a huge girl. She, if she implements her striking and distance management well, she could definitely have some success on the feet. But I just don't think that her striking level is there. Yet. Oh no, she should not strike uh, like at all, unless, unless she's been working like a good jab and getting good at keeping distance. But that's not her style. She wants to get in and fucking out grapple you. She's Olympic level. Like I don't care how good Andrade is there. She's. That's a losing battle if you try and wrestle with Tatiana. I think she's definitely going to beat Nina and win the title. This <laughs> is absolutely uh, perfect writing for Yanni and Jacek for Jessica Andrade to win this fight. Because she great. already holds she, a win over her. And she's the only one to beat her. She's and she did it pretty easily. Yeah. She did the stick and move and had the cardio to last. She didn't hold on to Kimura's that she was not going to get. Just kept piecing her up, getting out of the way. Piecing yeah. her up, getting out of the way. That's how you beat Andrade. And then everyone else who's tried... They they kind of they, they pretty much gas or she eventually gets a hold of them. Even Tisha Torres, she was looking good first round, mm-hmm. starts to gas, starts to slow down, can't keep up with the pressure on draws over. Joanna was, was able to hold that shit up for five rounds. That's first two two to two and a half minutes of Claudia versus Jessica. Claudia was piecing her up yeah. until she finally got taken down and gas. Claudia always gases though, right? So yeah, I think for, I think the right move big, here is uh, winner of Tatiana and Nina to get the title shot. Hundred percent. And you line up Yuani and Jacek against Wali Zhang. I know a lot of people don't Ooh. know who, uh, who Wally Zhang is, but I think that's a fight, especially with them going over to China soon. I mean, the thing they is, who, who else fight. does Joanna fight other than Rose of the champion after that point? And 
I think that Zhang is up there, man. I think that it would be a great one for Yuan to get no, back to. That's why I'm in favor yeah. because, like, who yeah. else? Yeah, you're not if, giving her Michelle Waterson. You're Nina, not giving her. Nina, we're, we're assuming Tatiana wins. I, I'm at, I am at least. Yeah. And Nina goes below Joanna in the rankings, mm-hmm. then, and you know she'll be coming off a loss. I so think she'll go to who six. Who else is left? Yeah. Wiley's up there. I you think that Wiley's like the dark horse here, man. I think that she could have a little bit of success with Joanna just with their styles. That that's a bad bitch. I'm not sure if you've seen her. Wiley's end. She she just beat Tisha uh, Torres. Yeah, she beat Tisha Torres, which I thought was impressive. Like and I, I was I was Jessica considering Torres for that because Torres is kind of pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. But nah. She, and the she line kept flipping on that too. I remember. Yeah, but yeah, Wiley totally took her out. Um, Claudia's still number five. Oh, she doesn't. I know. Right. She doesn't <laughs> what a fall from Gates. She's fighting. Uh, I think she's fighting Random Marcos next. I think that's oh, the fight that? that's actually Yes, booked. you're right, actually. I think that's that the was fight that's booked. Good for Marcos. That's a huge fight for yeah. number 14 facing number 5. Yeah. Michelle Watterson's been chirping about a title fight, but let's be real. Who did what? she beat last? I don't fucking remember. No, who, it was actually... It was a decent... Carolina. Okay, you're number 7 and oh, you yeah. beat number 10. Yeah. It's not that impressive. Slow down, bitch. And you got ran through by number 1. I but, think Calvillo is definitely out there still. I think she could definitely be a problem soon, especially with her grappling and you know her jiu-jitsu. You, straight up, you could... Uh, the, I think they actually will probably do Watterson, uh, JJ, Ioana. Oh, no. I think that's a fight they'll probably go for over Wiley. Just I, because... I, they could headline with Wiley Watterson's been chirping for a title fight. They like her because she's marketable and pretty. And she's not going to get the title fight, so how do you move her up the rankings? I don't know. Maybe just give her the Ioana the fight. Or, or if Nina loses, maybe they just give her... Um, <laughs> Um, Michelle Watterson is like an easier fight in terms of like damage. Who do you think that Cynthia should fight next? I don't know if she has a fight lined up. I feel like she, she does lost, like right? Oh no, she's fighting. Uh, is fuck, it Carolina? Who's fighting? Somebody's fighting uh, Alexa Grosso. I think it's Carolina. Yeah, Car- poor Carolina. She's falling off. She's so yeah. cute, but <laughs> she's just a striker, man. Like you can't really. But even defensively, like when she closed her eyes and swung at Kandraj yeah. and got knocked, I'm like, oh, well, how do you make that mistake at this stage in your career? This is not good. Uh, just a, like a similar question I asked in the first segment. Uh, will the champion be the champion at the end of this year? Will Jessica Andrade still hold the strap at the end of 2019? If she fights again? Is that is that an assumption? Too? Let's say, <laughs> she, yeah, I believe she will. Why, why not? Yeah, assuming right? she fights again and it's going to be against Tatiana, I'm going to say no. <laughs> Zero chance. Andrade is so lucky she's got that chin and that power. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, skill-wise, she's very mediocre. She wings bombs, gets punched she, again, in the face all I've the said time. It over and over again. She is John Lineker. She's female yeah. John Lineker. I would actually say Lineker's better than her because he, he throws more too. variety for he shots and his boxing too, yeah. is better. She just wings she's Vanderlei yeah. Silva with the yeah. Lineker chin. Yeah. That's what she is. And it's not that impressive from a skill point. She's just so beastly and doesn't go out and is so strong that it overwhelms you. But I think it's gonna catch up eventually and I think Tatiana's probably probably the girl to do it. Is that glitch over there doing some shit? Yeah, I was like, where's the where's the baby? You crying where's bro? The, there's a baby here? You crying over there? He just wants some he just wants yeah. some love. He's not getting the attention. Oh now he comes over. Oh what's up? Because we noticed him? Yeah. What's up man? Oh fuck! Anyway. Uh, yeah, so getting back to it with Jessica Andrade, I- I'm happy that she's champion. You know, she has that very fan friend, uh, fan friendly style. Um, yeah. You know, I'm again, I'm a big fan of John Lineker, so obviously I'm going to be a big fan of Jessica Andrade. Uh, I want to see the Rose fight next. 
if Rose comes back with good mentality, you know what I mean? Like, if it's not... I hope it's more of so what you're saying in terms of the way being off her shoulders with the matchup uh, and not so much with the title or her career. Because um, she doesn't see... Like, I think it was the whole fact of facing someone with a bad stylistic matchup in a foreign country, getting yeah. out of her comfort zone. Props just, to her just, for even accepting the fight. Yeah, that's what I mean. I the think fuck? that's what it was. Like, she she put that pressure on herself and, and, and got to the fight and did good and everything. And I think that's what she, that's what I took it as. Like, oh, yeah, finally, okay. Like, I, I did it. Like, I got through all of it. And, yeah, I lost, but whatever. But, like, it's it's over. Like, finally. Like, I think that was making her tense, too. Uh, is there any champion you believe that would possibly go to like champ champ status do you see any like do you think Tatiana Suarez has the the size and the skill to go up to 125 and possibly challenge Valentina Shevchenko because you know that's Gotta eventually going to be a topic of conversation and they can fucking refer to this podcast that <laughs> talking about a straw weight going up that would be that weight. would be tough the striking so? gap is ridiculous ridiculous so but we know Suarez is getting better on a on a fight-to-fight basis. You know what I mean? But Let's man. say she goes out there and beats Andro. Let's see she goes out there and beats Andrade. She probably would defend the title maybe one more, maybe two times before we get like or something. Fights Joanna. If I think that Joanna fight would be a perfect barometer to see 100%. what her striking is at. Because that's a similar stylistic matchup she'd face against uh, Shevchenko. Yeah. Maybe a little, yeah. Obviously, Shevchenko yeah. is better grappling, but yeah. it's it's not good enough to be significant against Tatiana anyway. So it's it's nullified. So yeah, like if you can beat a striker like Joanna, then yeah, test yourself, go up, fight, fight someone like Shevchenko. Although, man, I think Shevchenko is a motherfucker. Like yeah. I still contend to this day that she beat Amanda Nunes in the second fight. Yeah, I scored it four-one, and I remember when the decision came out. I'm like, what? The fuck? Was I watching a different fucking fight? Yeah, Amanda Nunes was kind of pressuring more, but I yeah. thought Shevchenko was landing way more. I had it four-one for Shevchenko, so. I, I feel like she's the champ champ, if anything. <laughs> like, she's the only one to even give Amanda Nunes a close fight. It's unfortunate, because I doubt they'll even give her a third fight against nah. her. Nah. Because it, like, it, it wasn't like a barn burner. No. And I think, I'm pretty sure Nunes is insinuated after she beats home, she's done. Because, mm. like, what more do I have to do? I've beaten all the top girls at this division, defended my title how many times? I'm out. So maybe that's uh, the perfect reasoning for Valentina. That's why I, I think that's why she wanted the Holly Holm fight because it's the only one she, she hasn't beaten out of the top names. I'm I'm completely okay with that matchup as well. By the way, like I think it's a good matchup. Even, uh, even though Holm, Holm gets way too many title shots based on her record, she's the Frankie Edgar of the fucking women's bantamweight division. I, more like the Faber. Oh yeah, Faber. I guess Faber is the. Yeah, <laughs> Frankie actually earns his title. Okay, shots all right. I take that one back. Fuck. Yeah, Holm is like. She beat Megan Anderson by decision. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? That got you a title fight? Well, then Spencer should be fighting Amanda Nunes right now for the title. I'm hoping That's we'd never good. have to utter the words Megan Anderson anymore. Just uh-huh. so you know, I know you're not really into the Twitter world much, but she legitimately goes out there and blocks anybody that talks negatively about her. I've never oh, she added... Oh, take it. I've she never, take it. I've never added Megan Anderson to my life. And I just so, humble, just so happened to stumble out of her fucking profile, and it says I'm blocked. Uh, it's like this for pretty much anybody in the betting world. Anybody on MMA betting um, Twitter, they're like, "Yep, I'm blocked by Turner too. I've never added her. Nothing." That, that's bad. Like in terms of like, she you, has. You're probably not going to get better. Yeah. You're not going to get better if you have if you can't really take criticism and then make adjustments according to it. And you want to like block out the truth, sort of deal. I'm pretty sure it was due to whatever I said about her in the Holly Home fight, like leading up to that. 
because I was hard on fucking Holly Holmes' dick for and that fight. As you, you know, were correct. I was correct. So... Maybe not so in the way that I thought it would be. Yeah. Again, but she still got the W. She still showed her veterancy, her fight IQ. You know, and then obviously exploit like Holly Holmes grappling is probably the weakest part of her game, and she made it look like it was her best part of her game against yep. Megan Anderson, right? Yep. So uh, just fuck Megan Anderson. One thing quick about <laughs> bantamweight is GDR the most forgotten number one <laughs> contender ever. I know, eh? Does anybody even fucking no. know that she's ranked number one at bantamweight right now? Does last, anybody know that? Last wins, I didn't know. I did not know that. Well, it's, her, it's it's based off the fact that she has she the home Paddington. win. That's why they have to rank her above uh -huh. home because she beat her technically, even though she fouled her twice and a lot of people still thought home won 3-2. So Ke Kevin that's Kevin Vieira is a motherfucker, so just watch out She hasn't fought in a so I long, though. I think she had something uh, scheduled, but then I had to pull out. But Aspenad's already number four. That's a little too high. Man, uh, Mandoweight's salty. It's not that great. <laughs> it's really it's not that salty. great. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, yeah, see. it's really just home for Amanda Nunes and maybe Kevin, but I don't even think, like, she's Ma ready Macy Kiasin is a bitch that's on the rise. I, I'm so I'm so sorry for to referring to these humans as bitches, but <laughs> y'all know what the fuck I mean. Uh, but Macy Kiasin is definitely somebody on the rise. I'm not sure if you know her, but she no. she has the tools to get up there and be a problem. She won the Ultimate Fighter F by the way. Sarah McMahon is still number Fuck 10. Sarah McMahon. Uh, Irene Aldana, I really like her striking, but she makes her fights ben, way too close. Renault is at number Fuck eight. Renault. That's too high. Uh, Kunitskaya, yeah, no. Katzengana, I wouldn't mind actually seeing her actually fight. You know what I mean? It would be yeah. nice to see her fight. <laughs> yeah. I but think, think Zagano's done. Who's Ra Raquel Pennington is actually scheduled to fight somebody. Oh, is she? After yeah. that whooping she took against Nunes? Yeah. Honestly, you know what? Like, looking at that, can you blame Nunes for wanting to retire? Who else is there that can even yeah. pose a threat to her? Yeah, nobody. You, you beat all the greats. And even, a lot of people don't remember this. I think it was both of their first fights, maybe the UFC. Amanda Nunes beat GDR. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She already has she that. She TKO'd older. Yeah. I don't, people probably don't even remember that. Yeah, that was way back. Way back <laughs> in the day. Finished her. So, right. yeah, she, she would have had num wins over number one and two and the greatest females, like Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey. Look at that resume. Cyborg, Holly Holm, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey. Cyborg won it, especially in the fashion that she And if she it. finishes Holly Holm, she would have finished all of those. Yeah. All of those fighters. That's ridiculous. Okay, my mic's oh, me. shit. Yeah, here. the cover. It's all good. <laughs> oh, did the tape come out? Yeah, I know how to fix this up. Rob told me. Yo, just, right. just hold it in place we for got, a couple we of got, minutes. We got, we got like fucking five minutes. Left. Yeah, anyway. exactly. <laughs> just hold it in place for now. Just keep it together, man. Keep it together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so yeah, that pretty much wraps up our third segment. Jessica Andrade doing the damn thing, uh, but probably won't be champ, according to both of us, by the end of the year if she fights Tatiana Suarez. Let's wrap this bitch up. Most anticipated fight of the bye week. I'm going to start this one off since you started the other fucking one off. Um, Jimmy Manuel against Alexander Rakic. I really want to see where the fuck Rakic is with his skills. Uh, he's coming off that big one over De uh, Devin Clark uh, back in December in Toronto. Uh, you know, I'm big on the guy. He implements that Cain Velasquez type of style, uh, especially against Justin Ledetta. If you haven't seen that fight, I would highly recommend going and see that. That is a uh, Cain Velasquez in a 205ers body, especially with that game plan that he had against Ledetta. Beautiful execution of the takedowns, letting the guy get up and then fucking taking him down again, just tire him out even more, beat him the fuck up on the ground too. Very lopsided fight over there uh, for Rakic against Ledet. And then he comes out here. He had a, you know, he did get hit. Uh, he did get dropped by Devin Clark by a winging shot. I'm not too not too worried about that. You know, Rakic has never been finished by strikes. I think he has a very good shot to beat Jimmy Manoa here. Um, and, uh, you know, Manoa's on his fucking way out, man. The guy's like 38 now. 
closing in on 40, had Jin. a war against uh, Tiago Santos in the last fight, got dropped numerous fucking times. Uh, he's been I'm dead not, too many times. He's been dead Jin. too many times. I, I wouldn't even be surprised to see Rakic actually KO him as well. So, uh, I just, I'm most interested in that fight due to the fact that this may be Alexander Rakic's coming out party. You know, Jimmy Manuel is like a top five-ish. He shouldn't be top five, but, you know, considering how salty the division is, he's 11 right now. And I think Rakic is, Rakic is not even ranked. So he'll definitely be ranked after this fight. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I think it's, a again, possible coming out party for Alexander Rakic, but a definitely uh, a very good barometer to see where Rakic's skills are at uh, and if he can at least crack that top 10. Who the fuck do you got, Tony? Or I got to go got? almost mostly kind of by default. I'll, I'll go with Gus and Smith. Nah. And it's not really for the Smith part. It's more for the Gus part. Yeah. Because Gus was talking about how you know, he, he, he kind of wants to see if he still has it. Yeah. And that's like, ooh, this guy started, like, I, like you might be questioning if he should continue after two bad losses to John Jones. You got the loss against Cormier. Like, you can't beat the top two of the division, but you know you can clean out everybody else. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a little curious because I remember when he came back against Blackovitz, he had a bad performance in the stand-up. Anthony Smith is a striker. Anthony Smith often doesn't do anything. That's yeah. his big problem. He just stands there doing nothing. So that could be an issue, but... I'm I'm a little curious to see like does Gus kind of come in looking a little unmotivated and get put out and clipped or lose a decision in the stand up and look lackluster or does he come out like a fucking monster and beat Anthony Smith worse than John Jones did and get right back in there so that's the the, the you know the the, the question going into it's that It's going to be a while till we see Alexander Gustafson fight for another title. You know I mean like I think that he's still very far Man. off as long as John Jones is sitting on top of the throne. When is John Jones not going to be sitting on top of that throne, man? He's been sitting there for since 2011. Since <laughs> we started watching UFC, almost like, yeah, damn. Uh, so yeah, we only have one fight. So I, if you guys noticed at the top of this this segment, I said most anticipated fight of the bye week. We're going to be switching it over because we're going to be doing this podcast on a bi-weekly basis. Bi-weekly. So it won't be. You know, most anticipated fight of the month or anything like that. We're going to look ahead to the next two fights, uh, you know, after this podcast because we will be back in two weeks after that. So uh, we'll be right back into the heat of the UFC schedule with, uh, I believe, UFC 238 is going to be going down uh, with Marais and Cejudo. So we'll have plenty to talk about there, especially, you know, just guy probably capturing the title over Valentina Shevchenko because that's exactly what's going to happen for all you I believers out there. Um, but fuck off! <laughs> I knew that would rub Tony. God, she pisses me off. Uh, Gotta yes. be the worst. And then not to mention, okay. we get fucking Cowboys thrown against uh, Ferguson on that card too. Quick thing about I, do you realize she might have just outed herself? There was yeah. sparring footage of yeah. Shevchenko. I told you about this. When she said it was sped up or something, it was sped up, and it it's like no, it up. wasn't. So <laughs> if that looks sped up to you, you're fucked. You're fucked. You're fucked because that's her actual speed level. Yeah. You fucked. So I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about in uh, the fifth episode of the Combatosaurs. Uh, so make sure you guys, you know, subscribe if you guys are watching this on YouTube. I think you can subscribe on SoundCloud and all that shit too. So we really appreciate the support as always on these all these platforms. Uh, apologies for the the video on this last episode. Uh, you know, I fucked that one up, but we'll get it up so you guys can still see it. Uh, but uh, fourth episode should be up, hopefully in the next day or two. I'm gonna go back and edit this shit. Uh, but yeah. Uh, follow my shit at MMALOTN on Twitter. Uh, the website is MMALOTN.ca. I got some bets up uh, for UFC Sweden, which is coming up next weekend. Uh, I already got my Lock of the Night play, which I'm not going to spill the beans on, and a Dog of the Night play as well. So 
make sure you guys check that shit out. Uh, I will be back on Monday with just Big Rob doing the MMA Lock has to break down the UFC Sweden card, so look out for that next week. Otherwise, if you guys are just tuning in for the combat issues and don't want to hear me talk about Strictly Fights, we'll be back in two weeks. On my behalf, on Tony's behalf, That's right. on Big Rob's behalf, yeah. thank you for listening. We're out.